Welcome back, my friends, to the MailRite Real Estate Agent Podcast Show. We're at episode 104. My name is Thomas J. Nelson. I'm one of your co-hosts. And uh, on the other side of the screen is Mr. Jonathan Denwood. Jonathan, you want to say hello and introduce yourself? Oh, hi there, folks. Yes, I'm the founder of MailRite. We're a Facebook lead generating business. So go to mail-right.com and find out some more. All right. And of course, I'm a residential realtor here in San Diego, California, where I'm never too busy for your referrals. And uh, today's show, uh, well, we, I had a guest fall through. So rather than scramble to just fill a spot, because um, we take some pride in who we invite onto the show, we actually screen out and vet out um, who comes on. Uh, and on that note, we want to remind you that you have a say in this. You can uh, give us some feedback in the comment section on iTunes or on the MailRite uh, Facebook page or website. Let us know what kind of content you want. Uh, we got some great feedback recently from my Active Rain people, uh, which is a blog site for realtors in the real estate industry. But uh, we'd love to hear from you too. So uh, make sure you're checking us out on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, Give us some comments. We'd love your feedback. Uh, we'd also love your show suggestions. So who do you want to hear from? What topics do you want us to cover? Uh, with that being said, Jonathan, I'm going to turn things over to you. Yeah, and do what? <laughs> 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 um, I had a quick look at the questions. Um, can you start it off with a couple of the questions that you thought the, that were the best that you thought? Oh, sure. Um, let me, um, well, let me just first say that w what, um, what I do occasionally is um, on, uh, well, what I should say is I, on, by a, on a daily basis, I blog. And I blog on a site called activerain.com, mm. which is the largest real estate industry blog site um, in North America. And then within that, uh, we have some of the top real estate agents uh, in the country and in Canada. Uh, and occasionally what I'll do is I'll tap them because they're, they're pull no punches professionals. Um, so they'll tell it like it is. And I'll always say to them, you know, give me some feedback about our show. What do you want to hear? What do you want us to cover? And a lot of the topics we've covered have come from the suggestions of those professionals, um, including some, uh, feedback I got recently this week. Uh, and, and so one of the questions is a, it which sounds like a basic question, but you'd be surprised how many agents struggle with this. And the question proposed was, how do you stay in touch mm -hmm. with your clients once you've closed escrow? And I, I will share with you that first of all, um, and, and this stat gets thrown around a lot, but there's an 80-20 rule. And uh, I would say more than 80% of realtors do not follow up with their clients. Mm -hmm. um, it, you are unique as a realtor if you are staying in touch with your clients. And I don't say that to pat yourself on the back as much as just to encourage you that what you're doing is uh, you're setting yourself up for your future business. Your, your future referrals um, and your repeat business are gonna come from staying in touch with your clients. So all I can answer is how I do it. And how I do it was based on how I was trained to do it from Buffini and Company, which is my coaching company I belong to. Uh, and it's uh, calls, notes, Popeyes, breaking bread, and parties. Okay, so what is that? So calls are obviously calls. Um, every once in a while, I will do a phone call, text, or video text to a client, and I try to go through my entire CRM of A+, plus, A, and B clients each quarter. Um, that means so about anywhere from three to four times a year, I'm in touch with my best clients. And it's uh, checking in with them. It could be an occasion. Um, the reasons to call can, can include a birthday, an anniversary, uh, giving them an update on their property values. Uh, you notice something on Facebook, a trip they went on or an award one of their kids received. Anything like that's a reason to call and stay in touch. The notes are personal notes. I send out anywhere from a minimum of one a day to um, up to five a day, and that's follow-up. Um, I will write a personal note, a thank you note, if you will, uh, just kind of recapping one of the 
highlights of the conversation I had or the experience I had, um, the, um, the, the lunch or the coffee I shared with them. Um, something to say, hey, I took the time to not just crank out an email, but to sit and write you a note. And I actually pick out notes that have um, really cool quotes on them that I think fit the occasion. Uh, the Popeyes are uh, somewhat planned popping by people's homes. You're not just showing up out of the blue and catching them, you know, with the house a mess and they're just got out of the shower. You, you, you kind of call or text ahead and let them know, hey, I'm in the area and I'd love to pop by and just say hi to you. This is a doorstep hello, meaning my car's running in the driveway. I'm not going inside. I just want to say hello face to face. There's a there's a value to face-to-face. -face. There's also a value to me. Uh, if I pop by your house, Jonathan, you're going, wow, I know Thomas is busy, but he took the time to stop by and say hi to me. Now, that doesn't work for everybody. Um, not everyone's going to be receptive to that, and that's okay. The ones that think that's a cool thing, you're popping by for five minutes, um, go with it. And if, the, if they're not into that or they're too busy, you know, you don't force it on them. And it's a five-minute hello. Um, I usually pop by with some sort of item of value, a little something to give them. Um, we use funny stuff, a um, uh, little, you know, like Father's Day, for example. I pop by a bunch of my dad's, um, and I brought dad's root beer. Um, now, what's a realtor showing up with a four-pack of dad's root beer, you know? You know what? It's not the item that I'm showing up with. It's, it's just a little something to say, hey, you know, I was thinking of you. And um, really, it was an excuse to pop by and say hi and tell you how much I value you. And oh, by the way, is there anything I can be doing to better our relationship as your realtor? And then the um, uh, meals, uh, I invite uh, A plus and A clients out to lunches and coffees all the time. Um, I just met with three of them last week, I'm going to lunch with one this week. Uh, and that's just to uh, remind them how much you appreciate them. Take the relationship to a deeper level. Uh, learn more about them because, and this isn't me talking about real estate for the whole lunch. This is me asking them more questions about them, getting to know who they are, um, both personally and professionally in their world. Um, because I can better serve them that way, kind of like the family doctor. Uh, on your first visit, you might not get the best of that doctor, but over years of them getting to know you, you're going to get more and more uh, out of them, better service, a better understanding of who you are and how to serve you. Because how I serve you is going to be different than how I serve the next guy because you guys are all wired differently and have different needs. You have it, from the way I communicate with you to what you're looking for me to actually do for you. Uh, the final point to wrap this up is the, the client appreciation parties or what I call them as gratitude gatherings. Um, I will do everything from a full scale, everyone in my database is invited once a year to a pre-Thanksgiving party where we, um, we, we have a pizza party right before Thanksgiving because we know everyone's going to be eating turkey and mashed potatoes and yams and all that. So we, we have a full-blown college pizza party, beer, pizza, and everyone walks away with a pie for their Thanksgiving meal. Um, and then we'll do smaller things. Like I've, I'll invite people that I know are into golf um, and I'll invite my top three networking partners or clients and go play uh, Torrey Pines golf course. Uh, or I might um, have a bunch of families and I know, okay, well maybe we'll rent out a movie theater and do a movie night or we'll um, rent out a bowling alley and do a bowling day. Um, just things to gather the tribe. Um, you know, back in the day, the cavemen used to gather around the, the fire, and that was how they kind of um, reconnected the tribe after uh, a long, hard day, and it's the same concept. I, I, I want to create community within my database. One of the best things I see happen at my parties, um, clients arguing over who has a better story about how I got them a deal. I love that. <laughs> so... Um, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it on how do I stay in touch with clients. Oh, I thought I thought that's fantastic. My, um, what I would say, folks, is that um, everything Thomas has said is I'm in total agreement with it. But um, the only thing is, uh, I think you got this online presence as well. Absolutely. And I think what Thomas is talking about is clients that that he's actually done transactions with 
and keeping really, you know, they've sampled the, you know, Thomas, the complete Thomas, and it's a strange way of putting it, but <laughs> they're, they're, um, they've sampled the full service level that Thomas offers, which is a, uh, you know, a very high service level of somebody um, that I observed that's very about detail and they've benefited from that but there's a broader audience as well there's the broader audience of um, anybody that's met Thomas or knows of Thomas or somehow has entered his database in any shape or form and what I would say to agent is is segment your database and have a strategy about how you're going to touch people that probably don't know you. But, <clears throat> you know, it, in some ways, excluding this tight group that Thomas has just described, um, a lot of it is um, keeping yourself in front of your target audience and promoting yourself as the local real estate expert. So divide your database into people that um, you want to keep in contact and do that with uh, probably with a monthly email. But that email probably doesn't have to be about real estate tr trends. And because a lot of agents... Um, misunderstand that because it's about keeping you in front but a lot of these broader audience in isn't going to really be looking for property at the present moment because you know it's a you know it's on average a seven year to eight year period where people move homes but they know friends, they know people. Um, so it's about keeping yourself in front of that and then dividing it into people that you've got a slightly closer relationship and you might also um, send them a postcard or send them a, a quarterly um, market report as a bonus because you you feel by the information that you have in your system that they might be more in the market to actually buy or sell and then you've got the close people that you do a lot of one-to-ones with because that one-to-one -one, um, is really important but there is only one of you so you really got to concentrate that one-to-one -one on the people that you're going to get the most biggest return from did that make any sense actually thomas no that's exactly right and um, i left that open because i knew you would cover this side of it and uh, you're exactly right that's why when i say a plus a b c clients i've ranked them essentially what you're talking about i'm not going to take a c client to lunch uh, that's reserved for my A plus clients. What, what rank do I get, Thomas? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me, let me, I can answer that. Um, here's, here's how people fall into it. If you're an A plus client, you've sent me multiple referrals. If you've, you're an A client, you've sent me at least one referral and you're willing to refer me as often as you can. The A plus clients differentiate themselves because they're just fans. They, they're, they're, megaphones to the marketplace. They're the ones grabbing people and saying, you got to meet my realtor. Um, the B client is someone that will refer you if the opportunity presents itself or they're asked to, um, but they need those general reminders as you're talking about those, uh, the Facebook posts, the uh, monthly mailer, the um, e-reports, things like that. Um, the C clients are, are people that are brand new to your database and you're trying to figure out where they're going to land, you know, are they going to graduate to B or are they eventually going to be a D? Because uh, not everyone's a giver. And, but be clear on this before, you know, you have to be a giver first and foremost, regardless of these people, you have to take the first step in being a giver. You have to have that abundance mentality that it's okay to put yourself out there. And then the feedback will tell you where to go with them from there. But you have to risk that feedback. If you're not willing to risk the feedback, which isn't always favorable, then you're really going to limit 
building your database, which, you know, I, I think to me, that's, that's key. I mean, that's the equivalent of adding new seeds to your, your fertile field. Um, you, you have to keep adding seeds to it to continue to yield a crop. Um, so you're absolutely right that I do, I, you know, I'm not going to maybe send personal notes and go to lunch and pop by homes and businesses of people that are a B and a C um, because that, that's not the best use of my time. Um, but I am certainly going to stay in touch with them with technology, um, using Facebook, uh, regular posts, uh, emails, a monthly mailer, things like you've mentioned. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it, folks. Um, and like what Thomas said, um, a lot of agents aren't very good at it. So it's um, really a great opportunity. Um, write lists, lists, uh, you know, write down a, a weekly, a daily, a weekly, um, and try and develop a pattern. Um, if something becomes a habit, it, it, it will become a lot easier, won't it, Thomas? Well, that's the key is, is creating a habit in this. People ask me, well, how the heck do you um, make those many calls and that many notes and those Popeyes? First of all, uh, it didn't come naturally and it took years. I'm 18 years into my career. I wasn't doing this in year one and year two. I was doing whatever it took to survive back then. Um, and this is still effort, but you'll, what you'll find is the, the, the efforts maybe in the newer people, but it, it, there's an ease to the, to the A plus and A and B and even a lot of your B clients because you kind of naturally want to hang out with them. Anyhow, there, you have a lot in common with them. I, I work with people that I enjoy working with. Um, I have the luxury of, uh, picking who I work with these days. I didn't have that luxury early in my career. So I'm not going to work with someone that steals my joy. Um, I, you know, and not everyone's obligated to become my best friend when we're closing escrow. Um, it just, it, 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 things naturally fall into place. That's all the only way I can put it. And you, you kind of read people. There's some that you enjoy their company outside of the business. Um, there's others that they don't want anything to do with you socially, but anytime they have a, a business transaction, they're going to call upon you because they, they trust you and they like you and they know that you care about them. And, and that's okay too. So yeah, I think that's really well put. Shall we go? Um, and then we, uh, we got another great question. If you were going to pay for one thing to bring in more business, what would it be? What do you think, Thomas? Well, when, when I got asked this question um, on Active Rain, I actually gave two answers um, because the number one answer that comes to mind um, comes from a quote I love from Benjamin Franklin, which if you pour your purse into your head, nobody can ever um, steal that from you. They might be able to steal your purse, but they're never going to steal the education that you spent the money on. And so to me, it's education. Um, it, it, the 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 the, the 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 when Jim Rohn used to say if when you go to work on yourself instead of your business that's when you're going to know success that's when true success comes because it, it, you ultimately are your business and you have an effect on everything um, that comes from your business so I would say it's education but um, there's also a, a, you know and that's kind of a a long range goal answer because I know a lot of people have are in survival mode and they need a more immediate result. Um, and so if I was in survival mode, it would be something like what we just spoke about. I would, um, if I had some past clients, I would spend the money on, um, some sort of an event for them, uh, either a lunch or a, or a dinner or a mixer of some sort, or I would gather all the people that would, um, best refer me business outside of my clients. Maybe you don't have a lot of clients right now, but you know, you know, three house painters and a lawyer and uh, a property inspector and a couple title reps. I would throw a business mixer and get those people working not only together, but for me, um, being my sales force, get out there and, and keep your eyes open for opportunities for me as I will you, because if you get me work, I'm going to send that work right back to you because you're all part of my team. Um, so to me, it, it would be about, because otherwise, what are you going to do? Throw up an ad and, you know, it either works or it doesn't, but the money's spent. 
uh, versus uh, if I throw an event for my peeps, um, that that's going to have a residual effect. That's going to have a lasting memory. It may not have an immediate return, but eventually you're going to get returns from that. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think it really depends on what stage your career is in that's folks. That's true. Um, I, I really, um, I think you're at your beginning of your career in this industry, folks, and you want it and you're serious about it, is um, it's getting yourself out there and constantly building your database. Your database um, will determine and how you utilize that database um, will really determine your future in the industry or you're going to have any future in the industry. And having a methodical plan of action about how am I going to get as many people into my database funnel and then market to those people in an effective way is going to be the key to your success in this industry, basically. And I totally agree with Thomas. Continuous education is really important. And also... um, be up to date with the latest technology. Be up to date about what's going on. Go to Ingman's website. Know what's going on. But on the other hand, don't be some, one of these agents that thinks that there's some silver bullet that will solve all your problems. <laughs> the, um, the only thing that will solve the problems is you yourself. Um, technology um, is only a tool. And you know the late there's a tendency to think that the latest craze or the latest bit of software or the latest and i'm I run a company that's tr- trying to make uh, a platform that will really help agents, but um I'm well aware that it's only a tool um the main thing is the agent themselves. Right. Because, I mean, technology is, uh, to use a metaphor I love, uh, is the champagne glass. But if the champagne glass is dirty, nobody's going to want to drink from it. So it has to be combined with good service. Uh, The good service is what cleans the glass. So you have the technology um, and you have the uh, service combined because you, it's one thing to attract the people to your business. Then what are you going to do with them? What, you know, what are you attracting them to? And, 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 and are you going to stay in touch with them? I mean, I, I see at networking events, guys collecting, bragging on, Oh, I got 30, 40 business cards. Great. What are you going to do with them? You know, what are you going to, where are those cards a week from now? They're, they're in a pile on the desk still. You haven't. And, and I'll, and I want, I'm sorry to interrupt, Thomas, but one thing I want to say, folks, Thomas is deadly serious about service level. I, I mostly mix with um, other developers, technology people, and it's a slightly different culture to the one that Thomas um, mixes regular with. But I can tell you for a fact that Thomas is totally de- dedicated to what he's just said. Well, I appreciate that, but it's it's true. It is it's not a um, good service. You know, people make the mistake of calling it uh, you know customer service a department, and and it's not a department. It's a state of mind. It's it's an honest to goodness belief that these people deserve this, and and if I deliver something ab- above and beyond what was expected of me, that is the story that they tell about me to get me more business. If I just do what's adequate. If I just do what's expected, I mean, yeah, they might come back to me for their business, but th- that's not something they're going to tell the story about. They're not going to brag about that. People brag about two things, when they have an exceptional experience or when they have a bad experience. They don't talk about mediocre or satisfactory. So um, I would say that, to your point, having a plan um, you know, if you're gonna, if, if you're on the beginning stages of your career, um, to me, um, I have been through that twice that went my literal beginning of my career. And then when I relocated to San Diego, I was essentially brand new, not in an experience, but I was 
Nobody knew who the heck I was. So what did I do with my limited resources? The first thing I spent money on was I joined the Chamber of Commerce and I started networking and I started adding names to my database. But I would not only add them, I would then start marketing to them monthly and I would also start taking the ones that I deemed uh, the best opportunities. Like I, I in other words, um, there were 10 people I put in my database this week, but two of them I knew I could send business to. I knew I came in contact with enough people that I could probably send them a referral. So I'm going to take those two to lunch first or those two to coffee first. Not because I think they can best serve me, but because I think I can best serve them. Because if I can do for you, first of all, you, if, if you associate me with as a giver, you're going to take my calls you're going to return my emails and you're probably going to keep your ear open for a referral if I'm consistent about reminding you. Because here's the sad fact, folks. They're not thinking about you all day long. They're thinking about themselves. And that's just human nature. So we have to give them those general reminders, but we also have to be a giver. We have to be willing to give to them first and say, hey, look, I've got this guy that you need to meet or I've got this client that needs what you do. Um, so I start with the people I know I can give um, to, and then the others I'll still take out, um, and I'll find out more about them because maybe I'm just not clear enough on what they do to understand how I can best help them. But honestly, that's where it comes from. It comes from a place of what can I do for you to improve your business so that you associate your business improvement with me. It's um, Before we go for a break, um, I've just been thinking about all the things that Thomas has been saying in this episode. And it's a bit like this, folks. A strong personal recommendation from somebody that you trust and uh, trust their opinion. If you like saying, I'm thinking of selling my house, I don't know. Is there an agent that you or a realtor that you could recommend to me? And they is a person that you really trust and respect. And they say, go to Thomas J. Nelson. You know, he's the best agent in this area. You you can never over nothing will ever compare to that, folks. That that's the gold standard. But we we live in you know, if you can get that kind of rec recommendation at the right time, you know, that's golden. But in other times, it's it's keeping yourself active, keeping yourself in front of people, using email, Facebook, social media, whatever, and really marketing you to your database so there's two sides to this business there's the gold standard that personal recommendation and there's the all the other marketing and combining those two elements in a consistent system would you agree with that thomas or do you think i'm waffling no no that's exactly right because here's the thing i it, i'm I'm creating that kind of a, a gold standard within my CRM because I do things the way I do them. If, if I call you once every three months to check in with you and see how you're doing, Jonathan, you appreciate that. But if I call you every single week and hammer on you about getting a referral because how great a job I once did for you, ma'am, you're not taking my calls after probably the second week. So, you know, what am I doing in the meantime? And that's exactly what you just hammered. You just, uh, uh, suggested was that the um, how, how am I filling my time? I'm staying in touch with the clients I've already served. I'm servicing the clients I'm actively working with, but then there's still some time in the day on most days to do something else. And that's um, doing this other technology based uh, keep in touch. That's a little more passive and people can opt in, if you will. They can choose to look at your Facebook post. They can choose to open your uh, email that they know comes every month with good tips in it. Um, they can, you know, they there's some stuff that they have an elective, and then there's other stuff that's more involved, as we were discussing earlier about, you know, the one-on-one -on -one time. So I, I'd say that it, it's finding 
what works best for your database. And it's that balancing act of the personal touch versus the digital touch. Because again, you only have so much time and ultimately you need to be out serving clients and doing the activities that produce income, like showing properties and writing offers and listing presentations and so forth. That's great. I think we'll go for our break, folks, and we'll be back with some more questions that we've received. Be back in a moment, folks. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back. I think it's been a really interesting. Um, just a remark on what you said before we went to our break, Thomas, is that there's so many different styles of agent, isn't there? I, I, I think combining high touch, high personal building relationship system with um, effective electronic marketing is the best combination. But I've seen other agents, they they do just do that. We've had them... Um, on the show to be interviewed um they just rely on a very small group of people um normally in the higher end of the market to get um leads well they don't they don't do anything and then i've um, had other agents on the show that i've interviewed that have just relied on the portal sites and they pay for leads but they do none of the relationship building techniques that you've just took that are a core part of your business so there's all ways of doing this isn't there there are um i think you have to evaluate your results you also have to look at what what kind of client do you want to be working with um you know and and all i can uh, share is my experience and how i do things um i'm not saying that this is the standard of how everyone should run their business because it won't work for everybody um but and it does, and it does take time, doesn't it? It does take time, and and it's, what my, whenever I share what I do, my hope is that somebody gleans something from it. You don't have to take it Bible and verse, but hopefully, you find a nugget in there that will work for you. Um, but as you said, I mean, there are people that you know, if if you're getting an average sales price of two or three million dollars, you you probably only have to do one or two sales a month to make a really nice living. So you have no need to do um, a lot of the things that I'm doing, or you're probably doing even higher caliber things than I'm doing. Um, And then there's the other spectrum where they're just completely paying for leads and they claim this works for them and they're doing it on volume. Um, I think you have less control of your business that way because you're relying 100% on a third party to bring you that. And that third party could start changing the rules of the game on you, which could affect your income or, or, or the cost of getting those leads. Um, but um, in the short term, that might be working for some people, and that's their personality and their style. And I'm not here to begrudge anybody how they make a living. Um, I'm just sharing the ideas that um, were, were shared with me 18 years ago and over the last 18 years that... Um, really grabbed me and worked well for me and my business. And I think that's the that's the other key, folks. It, if it will only work, it will only become a habit if if the processes that you're trying to build actually are linked to your own personality type. That's correct. You know, trying to put a square peg in a round hole isn't going to. You might be able to ram it in. But it's never going to be very good, is it, Thomas? No, <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, I'm glad you brought this up, Jonathan, because you have to. I mean, and and understand this. I'm. I've been. It's been made available to me um, probably ten times the amount of things I'm sharing with you. I cherry picked out what matched my personality and my business ethic and my motivation. Because at the end of the day, if I'm not motivated to do it, if I don't get some joy from doing it, I'm not going to do it consistently. So the things that I do consistently are broken down into two categories. Keeps it real simple. The category that you're in charge of, the technology, um, because that's easy to do. You set it up and it goes out and all you have to do is make sure that 
um, it's running properly and it and it's it, it's um, automated. Uh, and then the personal touch stuff is the stuff that I enjoy doing. There's a lot of other things that people do that I'm aware of that just don't work for me because to me, I would not be being my authentic self. I would be putting on an act. And I don't think we're in a, a we're in a period of time right now where people more than anything want authenticity. I think that's why YouTube and things like that are so popular because you see raw video. You don't see edited video. You see the mistakes. Even our show. I mean, we don't edit anything out of this. I mean, so when we flub a line or say a word wrong or use improper grammar, it's all there for people to hear. That's all me, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, so um, on to the next question. Is online reputation important to realtors? Uh, just a little bit, folks. What do you reckon, Thomas? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, my reputation is important to me online and in my community. Um, my reputation is my calling card. If my reputation uh, is soured, I'm done. I have to yeah. go find something else to do. And online reviews are huge. Um, I, I, I get a lot of business from Yelp uh, and from Realtor.com and Zillow's. Um, testimonial sites. I think it's important to be on there. You, whatever your feelings are about Zillow, um, with the millions of people that visit the site every month, I think it's silly to not take advantage of the free uh, aspect of getting your profile on there and um, and getting people to put reviews on there for you. And and that's easy to do. Um, whenever I close a deal. I send people uh, a thank you email in addition to a thank you note because I want the email to contain all the links where they can choose to go and give me a testimonial. And I say, just pick the one that works for you. And with some clients, I do that because I know they'll do more than one. If I know a client's really only going to give me one at best, I'll pick the one I want them to review me on and send them only that link. But I, I tee it up for them. And I'll even say to them, do you want me to show you what other people have written? So if, you, if you're struggling with what to write, you know, but I really want them to share their experience from their point of view because that's, again, a story and people love stories. And that's what testimonials are. They're little stories about the experience somebody had working with you. Yeah, I, I, my advice would be slightly a little bit different. Um, basically, um, I... I, my experience with talking to agents is if you're talking about Yelp and you're talking about Zillow, um, because of how their systems work, um, it's best to choose which one you, you're going to aim at. Don't, don't send, like what Thomas has just said, don't send a load of links to all of them. Because they ain't they ain't gonna fill all those in, and secondly, I, I say to agents, it's best at the end of where the relationship they feel the the kindest to you might be a moment to uh, take them out for coffee, give them a little gift at the end of the transaction, and then have your computer. And if it's in a, a coffee bar the IP address won't be the same for everybody and the, and um, ask them to give you a review and you type it in or they type it in and get it done. Um, That's a good idea. Um, will you restate that though? So if I bring my laptop and do this because I'm using Wi-Fi, the, it changes the IP address and Zillow won't think it's me doing it. Yeah, if you keep doing it from your office, it won't work because they, they just presume that you're making them up. Right, okay. The, the other thing I want to make it is, folks, with a lot of these portal sites, they offer a lot of functionality for free. You don't have to spend a penny with them. And... Where, what people are really looking for is they're going to check your reviews out and for God's sake, fill in all the information as in much detail as you can on these portal sites. Add some video of yourself onto it yep. and then be determined to get as many honest reviews as you can and it can be the way you run an open house 
um, it, you know, um, you have to read the terms of conditions which differ. Um, the worst is Yelp, actually. They're the most restrictive. Um, and there's an art to building up uh, a number of good reviews on Yelp. Um, Zillow is the next hardest. Um, some of the others, like Reata.com, are more easier to um, get reviews on. Um, but choose which one you're going to aim at for a three-month period and keep hammering away at it. And it could be um, around how you run an open house um, to get you started. But get as many reviews. And then don't fixate about that one bad review you got on there. So many agents just, well, we do, we do, we're all the same. We do kind of keep on about the bad experiences that we've had. Um, and a lot of agents get fixated people will be suspicious if they go to you if you've got 20 zillow reviews and you haven't got one bad one you know you're human you're not a saint you know you're working with various types of people um even if you've got a great spirit and a great heart for servicing your clientele you're not going to please everybody and you're going to get the odd one. So don't fixate about it. But on the other hand, what people are looking at is a pattern. So if they see a pattern of the same reviews saying the same things and it's not too good, that's a problem. But having the bad, odd review, and do reply to it um, on the system, but do it professionally right, and, on, and, on, and graciously and answer it from truth, and people will be fine about it. What do you reckon, Thomas? No, I agree with you. Um, I, I think it looks like a stacked deck if it's all good reviews. Um, I think it's helpful to have um, some mediocre, even a bad one where – you know, because people are smart. I mean, I, I I have stayed in hotels that had a couple really bad reviews, but when you look at what they're complaining about, um, it kind of almost let, lets you in on who the person making the complaint is. So it's like, well, you know, I, I see, you know, 48 really good reviews that are consistent about the things I care about. And then there's the odd, really bad review about things that, okay, maybe they had an off night or, or maybe this guy's just so hard to please. Now, if I see consistently people complaining about the filth level of a hotel, I'm out. But if it's an odd experience, you know, because I mean, I, I mean, ultimately, as a realtor, I deliver the same level of service to every client, but I don't get the same result with every client because every circumstance is different. Every person is different and how they receive my service is different. And, you know, I, I have people that, um, you know, unfortunately, there's they're always going to find something. Well, it's a very complicated transaction, but yeah. thank God it is because if it, you know, I don't, you can never say for sure, but I'll be, uh, I'm thinking, I personally feel that in 10 years time, there will still be realtors. There'll still be agents. Um, I'm not prepared to go anything longer than 10 years because it's just ridiculous. Um, and I might be totally wrong, but I, the reason why I say that is it's a very complicated financial transaction. It's one of the biggest most people will ever do in their life. And there's a lot of moving parts to it. That's why you need a professional agent realtor, isn't it, Thomas? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, realtors are the conductor of an orchestra. There are you know 15 to 30 people involved in a transaction minimal that you come in contact with. There's a countless others behind the scenes you never meet. Uh, and you're, as a realtor, trying to coordinate everybody's work ethic and schedule and, and personality to all come together to make this one event happen in a time frame um, and for a cost that's been predetermined by a contract. And so it's, the, I think you're right. In 10 years time, we're going to have, um, we're going to have three things. We're going to have the full service agent that does what I do. We're, you're going to have the lead generation agent that is completely run by leads, but they're going to have to bang out 
three times the amount of deals to make money because their pay is going to go down. Um, and then you're going to have the um, do-it-yourselfers because technology, uh, and it's already happening with Zillow, and, a, and a, um, there's a new s service called Rex that's just showed up, and I think Redfin's starting to do this where you can, um, you know, if you're willing to settle for a certain price but you're in a hurry, you, all the stars align, you can do this um, with an app. Um, it's happening right now. I think that's driven a lot by a very hot market in very many areas, though. I, I, I do honestly feel in a more normal market on a, on a tra traditional statistical basis of what average market is, um, the, this, these possible um, solutions would not work. Um, and it's partly led by many areas in the market it becomes super hot. You can use uh, developers as a perfect example of what you're describing because in a hot market, they don't cooperate with realtors at all, meaning they don't pay a commission. We want your clients, but we don't want to pay you. Um, and then in an average market, they're, they're paying an average commission, whatever the going rate is for that area. Um, when we saw the market crash back in 06, 07 era, the new developers, all of a sudden there was wine and cheese parties and 4% commissions and, you know, they were polishing your shoes and washing your car for you. I mean, it's, there's a fair weathered friend um, kind of effect that, you know, I guess you can say that's just par, par for the course. Um, the, you know, and the problem is it's perception. Um, you know, people say, well, why would I pay you full fee? today when all you got to do is stick a sign in the lawn and you get 20 offers. Well, th that's not, that's the least of what I do to, to get a deal closed. And people forget all, all, all the minutia that's involved, in, which I won't go into right now, but I mean, it's all perception. And part of that's our fault as agents. We don't educate our clients. It's our responsibility to educate our clients on what we're doing for them instead of let, taking it for granted that they understand what we're doing for them. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. You know, if you don't really educate what you're... You really they have no idea what really is going on in the background. So, And some of them probably don't want to know. But I think having some written document or having some something they can read or see, whatever, of what actually you have been doing um what what has transpired to get this deal done it's not a bad idea and i think a lot of agents don't do that do they thomas probably not i mean i i have a list and and it's not my list it it's a list i was given uh, by another realtor who took the time um i have a 184 item punch list of what i do um, to get a property from uh, pre-listing to sold. And, and I would share with you that 184 is light. Um, it's over 200. Once I saw the list, I started realizing, wow, that's not in there. This isn't in there. This isn't in there. So, uh, and when I show that to people, um, they start to get the picture. But I think the other thing we can do as agents is communicate with our clients. Um, I, you know, I've talked about this before. When I have a listing, I call my listing every Monday and every Friday. Part of the reason there's a, um, a disconnect and, and um, you know, you get, start, you get crazy requests when you're three weeks into um, nobody writing an offer on the property. Um, all of a sudden, they want you to run a newspaper ad or do more open houses what they're saying is show me what the heck you're doing to earn your fee because my house isn't um, getting into escrow yet. But if you communicate every week, Hey, this is, these are the posts I did. These are the postcards I sent out. These are the people I spoke to. This is the feedback I got. And you're consistently giving them that um, whether it's good news, bad news or otherwise, they start to trust that, okay, this guy is, he's, he is doing his job or she is doing her job She's doing the best she can. Um, this is just what's going on in the moment. And they stop blaming you and they start realizing it's a condition of the market or maybe it's time to start talking about how much your asking price is. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, well, there's always that discussion, isn't there, folks? Yeah. Uh, I, I think, um, shall we wrap this up, Thomas? I, I think we, we, we covered about four, only three, but there were big questions, and I think we have yeah. given a lot of value, haven't we, in this discussion? I, felt, I feel I, we I have. I hope so. I hope uh, we've shared some ideas, at least with people, that they haven't heard before, or if they have, um, that they consider it. Because, I mean, I... I we're, we're, as an agent, when I'm feeling like my uh, business is misfiring um, and not firing on all cylinders, I always go back to what am I not doing that I should be doing or could be doing. And maybe I should consider an idea that I haven't tried before. Because if, if I keep doing the same thing over and over again, I'm just going to get the same results. So I got to change something. And I don't want to go with the, the flashy bell or whistle every time because, um, you know, those those tend to be trendy. I want to go with things that are proven principles that other realtors are having success with. And that's actually something else I would touch on is that, um, you know, a great idea is if there's a successful agent out there, they're not all going to share with you, but I would take one to lunch and, and yeah. ask them for some advice too. What, what are you doing? Because I, I admire what you're doing. And, you know, and I find that agents that I'm not competing with, they're in a different market area. Um, are more willing to share because they're, you know, you're less of a threat to them, so to speak. Um, even though ultimately I don't think we're anyone's competition because my database is my database. Yours is yours. You're going to do with yours, what you do, and I'm going to do what I do. And, and if you have a healthy database, uh, the level of competition really between agents goes down exponentially because you're getting most of your business from your database. But, um, yeah, I've got, I've got a slightly different attitude actually. Um, I'm totally open with my competition, apart from showing them my financials. Um, my attitude <laughs> is uh, my um, my attitude is that if they're not there, there's just going to be somebody else, right? And um, also um, telling them what the things I do is great, but actually doing it—it's the doing—is yep. normally the problem. Yeah. So. I'm really quite laissez-faire about um, discussing things and actually um, discussing things with um, local competitors that um, you normally learn some stuff yourself. You do. Uh, um, and I'm, I just wouldn't get all that hit up about it, folks, that, you know, that they're going to find out your secret sauce because, folks, there is no secret sauce. No. Um, um, basically, you know, Facebook adverts, um, they're tough to get, especially lead. Um, Facebook ads to get buyers, to promote open houses, to promote um, the agent, they're easy. To run Facebook ads that actually get leads, they're freaking tough to run. Yeah. You know, because they're, they're known to be the toughest and it's going to be minute differences in those adverts that will mean either you get a really great result or you get no result. You literally will get nothing. It will be whistling. And you find out with a lot of things, it takes a lot more effort, a lot more time to get. And it's the same with what Thomas has talked about networking. This kind of you will not see a result from that for probably a year to 18 months. A consistent, what do you reckon, Thomas? Well, it depends on what, you, what you're selling. I mean, me as a realtor, yes, I know I'm making a year investment minimum. And, and if I get lucky sooner, fantastic. But my mindset is I, I'm going in for a year um, before I think I'm going to see anything. But if I'm selling, um, you know, uh, running shoes or ink uh, cartridge replacement parts for you know, the average HP printer, I'm probably going to get business sooner because I have a commodity that's um, more in demand and, and more frequently in demand. So, but, but you're right. I mean, cause it's a, the, the, the analogy I always give people um, and I got this from Brian Buffini and I love it. It's um, networking is a crock pot. It is not a microwave. Um, it is something that's going to be a slow cook, but the meal is going to taste a heck of a lot better then something you throw in the microwave and in three minutes you're, you're eating something that has absolutely no nutritional value anymore because you just nuked it out of it. So, well, it's, it's just to finish off, it's a bit like some of these portal sites that provide leads, you know, you know minimum $350 a month, folks. 
um, 12 month contract with a 20% buyout clause. Um, three fifth and minimum in most areas, not a lot of areas, 500 to 1000. You will be inundated with very low quality leads, which they classify as leads, but are very low quality. And you're also in a race. Those leads are not exclusively sent to you. They are sent to a panel of agents. And it's the first person that has to touch these very low quality leads and keep on touching them. And um, some do build their business because they have automated system to keep on touching. The other thing is with leads is that most agents only email or phone a potential lead once and then they give up. You've got to have, um, this is where automation does help, is you've got to have a system where you keep touching them. And it's well documented that a lot of leads only turn into a lead after the fourth or fifth touch. So there's a lot of things going on here, isn't there, Thomas? There is. It's a lot to manage. It's, that's why I don't recommend going alone. It's always great to have a mentor or a coach or, you know, a podcast like this uh, where uh, we share information. Um, well, I think we've provided over the past six months the guests and the insights that we're given. It's been a full free training course, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've learned a heck of a lot. I'll tell you, my eyes have been wide open the last six months because of the quality of the guests. And I mean, I don't want to sound self-serving here, but I mean, I go back and listen to our own show because I, the notes I take during the show, um, you know, I have to focus on the guests. So I go back and listen to it a second time and uh, I get some nuggets out of these shows because of the quality of the guests. And, you know, and I think, I think ultimately um, you, you, like you were touching on, you, you just got to have the heart to want to share this information. You know, I have no problem, like you were saying, sharing anything I do on Active Rain on this podcast or one-on-one. So, I mean, to wrap it up, I, I'm going to say that um, in addition to if you're looking for uh, a realtor to help buy or sell property, if you yourself are an agent that um, wants to bounce ideas off of me, um, I'm an open book to that. I mean, I have a busy schedule, but when I can get uh, time set up with you, we can, um, I'm, I'm certainly happy to share what I have and um, you're welcome to go on my blog because I put it all out there. Like you said, there's no secrets. Everything I'm sharing with people is things other people have taught me. I haven't invented any of this. Well, I'm the same, but I, you know, what you probably do, if you touch base with me, folks, I'll send you a scheduling link where you can book a day and time where I'm available. And I'm always available for a quick 15, 30 minute chat. So if you're looking for any advice about the technology side uh, about this, because that's my passion, I'm more than prepared to have a quick chat and um, it's more scheduling in because I've got various hats that I'm running. So I do the best I can. I'm not as organized as Thomas in some ways, which is surprising, <laughs> but um, it's more about, um, but I've learned over the past couple of weeks talking to Thomas that um, I've been really impressed with he, with his passion about service. And in some ways I've, um, it's kind of, put me in the mind that I've got to um, repower my own game up a little bit as well. So I think it's great to have honest discussion with people. Um, That's why mentorship can be so beneficial, can't it, Thomas? Absolutely. I mean, I'm where I am because people took the time to mentor me and still do. Um, And I mean by mentorship is sometimes you hear things that you don't really want to hear. That's right. Um, but it comes from a place of um, decency. So I think we should really wrap this up, Thomas, yep. shouldn't we? Uh, well, um, tell people how they can get a hold of you. Since we've offered our, our time, how do they get a hold of you, Jonathan? <laughs> oh, um, it's, it's, the, it's the pain of my life, folks, but I'm going to do it. Um, it's email, and I'm inundated with email, and I, I don't cope with it the best sometimes, but I will get back to you. Um, at some time but um, that's what I'm improving though and that's at Jonathan at Mel hyphen um, sorry Jonathan at Mel hyphen right dot com 
And if you want to have a quick chat, well, I'll probably send you a, a link so you can book a time to have a chat with me. Or you can get me on Twitter, which is another great way of getting hold of me. And that's, uh, that's at Jonathan Denwood. Or you can go to the Facebook page, the Mel Wright Facebook page, and leave a comment there or send me a message um, through Facebook. They're all good ways. And how can people get hold of you, Thomas? Um, that's simple. I'm at thomasjnelsonrealtor.com. You can also uh, get me through Facebook or LinkedIn. Those are my two social medias of choice. Um, and, of course, my phone number. Uh, you can call or text me at 858-232-8722. want to thank you very much for uh, joining us each week, folks. We really appreciate you. Again, uh, would love to have you subscribe and leave comments, and uh, we will certainly get back to you on the comments. Uh, we appreciate all feedback. Well, we'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Ciao.